0: everyone welcome to this episode of across the bifrost this is the mighty thor podcast where on each and every episode of this show we look at marvel's mighty thor for this episode we are going all the way back to the silver age we are going to be talking about some thor comics written by stan lee drawn by jack kirby and the squad but for these issues we are bringing in a squad of our own it is uh, one of those special episodes where we don't have one guest. This felt, you know, too, too big of a, too big of a concept for just one guest. So we brought two guests. One is a returning guest and the other guest is helping me complete a collection. So I'll explain a little bit about that in a second, but I want to introduce into the show, uh, Jamie Winger and Ross Lawhead guys. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this uh, spectacular traveling back into the future episode or back into the future it'd be back into the past uh back to the future wow that'd be that'd be nuts that's a whole um, other podcast
1: <laughs> jamie <laughs> uh this is your first time on on uh on our show so thank you for stopping by you know not only is it my first time on this show it is my first time i believe on any other show other than my own you are lying I there's am, no way I, you haven't been a guest I, I, I think this is my very first guest guest star wow. yeah well i'm I'm honored. I'm. I'm, Me too. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm honored and sweaty and excited. There's so many feelings. You're like, it's about time. (laughs) But, uh, Jamie,
0: you're you're from one of my favorite podcasts. You're from Marvel by the Month, and I I just tell listeners what that show is. Like, what insanity you guys have signed yourself (laughs) up
1: for. So uh, I am uh, one of one of three hosts of Marvel by the Month, uh, the podcast that takes you through one month of Marvel history uh, uh releases uh one week at a time so every week we go over all the comics that came out during a specific month uh in marvel history yeah and uh it started in the beginning in the the with fantastic four number one number one yeah <laughs> um, wow i wasn't on board as a full-time member uh, i guest starred I, I don't know how far in uh, and then i guess started a number of times and then they uh recruited me i got a whole recruitment speech and a wonderful email and and they brought me in as a, as a full-time, a full-time member.
0: Now I'm curious because uh, Brian Stratton and Rob Milne are the other hosts of the mm-hmm. show. And I just want to know what, uh, I'm assuming what Brian's pitch was to you um, <laughs> oh, like, man. because you signed up for a large task.
1: <laughs> you know where I'm from, I'm, I'm an East coaster uh, and, and like New Yorker and, you know, we're, we're all about the hustle and you don't say no, you know, I'm a, I also uh, was a, the god I hesitate to say this out loud I was a theater major um okay but not the like not the annoying type of theater major I was like a different class of because you know those I'm not that I'm a different a di- slightly different breed um and you don't say no you know when someone when someone wants to include you in a project you say yes you, that's just what you do um, you,
0: it's it's like improv you just yes and exactly everything.
1: exactly uh you know he was like a huge responsibility and, and you know, reading a lot of material that you might not enjoy and I was like yeah, and can I do it every week. That sounds great. <laughs> I
0: I like. I'm gonna have to sift through. You know, most of you know the back end of the Silver Age into the um, the, the Bronze, and then like you guys have said this uh, about when you get to the 90s, what happens when you guys get to the 90s?
1: Yeah. So the uh, the idea when we get to there have been a lot of conversations about what will happen once we get to right the explosion of content that Marvel starts putting out. Um, I you know I have visions of setting up franchises and you know, uh, pods of of crews taking on, you know, different editorial, you know, there's a Spider-Man pod and a X-Men pod and a... uh, Right. I guess Avengers didn't really have, like, they just had, like, a thing back then, which is so crazy, but i'll take that one on if you need one <laughs> all um, right all right you just yeah.
0: outsource all the marvel by the month stuff and you're like rob you take this team brian you take this team exactly Jamie,
1: take this team. yeah the action movie version of it in my head is very fun but we'll right. see what actually happens it'll probably just be us reading even more comics
0: it'll it, be like a like an ocean's 11 style you know takedown of, of the 90s <laughs> right um, right It'll be it'll be it'll be fun. Like, but you guys have a long time to get
1: there. I believe you guys are in the early 70s right now on the show. We are. We are inching. We are creeping ever, ever closer to the Claremont run. Um, and the X-Men's return, you know, and X-Men are my bread and butter. And to, don't tell Brian and Rob, but I actually haven't read a lot of that Claremont stuff. <gasps> what? I, I know it's I, sacrilege. It's yeah. sacrilege. I Jamie. know I don't, it's such a weird thing. I just haven't done it this might
0: make you feel better this is like the thor show and Mm. i have not ever read the complete walt simonson yeah right because as ross is aghast yeah i (laughs) it's like i want to but i'm saving it for 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 something next year
1: right. (laughs) right it's like this stuff's been going on for 60 years you know once once a month for 60 years and it's like that's a lot of content right right um Um, and well jamie we're so excited to have you on the show today because um like
0: i said this completes a set uh we had brian and rob on uh uh, last year uh to talk about the first appearance of the absorbing man and that was such a fun episode those guys were just so cool and i i overheard you uh, over the last few months talking a lot more about you know these warlock stories these counter-earth warlock stories Mm -hmm. and i was like hmm there's another uh, friend of mine who, who he and I are uh, launching a Warlock project. And uh, Jamie sounds like he's uh, he's wanting us to ask him to come and be a part of a crossover. <laughs> so, uh, they, I mean, you were so cool about, you know, coming on the show. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to read some Warlock versus Thor with
1: you. Yeah, I think I I think I told that's this. So I think that episode was when it, we covered Warlock issue number one uh, in 1971 or two. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I love Warlock. I've always loved Warlock. Like when I was a, a teen, like he was, he was I really something I was really into. And so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going to pop onto Wikipedia and just, I want to check the Adam Warlock page and just see, you know, I'll just just real quick, uh, get a brief you know. history of, of what was going on there. And I did that at like around 11 o'clock. And at like, I it was like one in the morning and I was still reading the Adam Warlock Wikipedia page. He has a ton of history.
0: Right, and uh, we're we're trying to boil it down to six episodes on our, on our sister show, Marvel wow. Spotlight. Uh, which, which, by the way, everybody, I have not forgotten. Um, you know, our, our 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 second guest, my good friend Ross Lawhead, is here to Hello. to represent Marvel Spotlight. So, Ross. Uh, you're, you're on the Thor show again, but we're going to yeah. talk about Warlock. So it's going to be kind of, mm-hmm. you know, wibbly wobbly, timey <laughs> wimey about this. Um, but uh, yeah, man, thanks for for jumping on this episode to talk about Thor and Warlock.
2: I've been dying to get back on the Thor show. I mean, I love what we do, but yeah, you know, been this, pounding this just, down the door. <laughs> yeah, I know, There's something about Thor, but no, this is this is great fun. And uh, yeah, you appealed to the completest in my nature. And so, you know, I couldn't say no. To discussing warlock, I would have yeah. Uh, so if you had done this without me, it would have been a, a it, huge it, emotional yeah. blow. It
0: might have been quitsies, quitsies for, for for Ross. It would be I. quitsies.
2: I'm too I'm too needy for that. But it would have been a huge emotional blow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, and delightfully you honest. Uh, but so Jamie, uh, you've you've never. Uh, guested on another one. I don't think I've ever like run my own podcast before. I've only been a guest on other people's so well, oh wow. wow is, that's uh, a
1: that's a noble position to occupy. Well,
0: fantastic. You know, um yeah.
2: it, wow in, in all of our in all of our chatting you've never told me that. I mean <laughs> I had one kind of, but I wasn't running it. I had a co-host who did all the producing and stuff. So I felt like I was uh, a gift mm. every week. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the secret out. Yeah. Uh-huh I mean, what I'm in, saying. in a lot of senses. <laughs> I'm a like codependent.
0: Brian and I'm Rob really do. <laughs> oh my gosh well you know so ross and i so listeners those of you that don't know already or maybe don't follow us on social media ross and i a few weeks back we launched um the second season of first season of this it was called the podcast supreme and we did uh 10 episodes and a few bonus episodes about dr strange and if you still follow that feed uh you'll notice that it's changed over a little bit and it's now called marvel spotlight on warlock so we in our second season we are talking about warlock and we're talking also on the back half of that season we're going to talk about namor because namor is going to be a big deal coming up here in november when the black panther movie comes
1: out oh my but, god it's so exciting it, that movie it's, so uh i saw uh avatar last week uh the re-release for k 8K, whatever like, finally saw avatar 3D. everybody <laughs> Um, it's awesome! <laughs> oh my god, it, it is a crazy technological accomplishment. Like, holy cow! But they had a preview for the next uh, oh. uh Black Panther movie, and like, yeah. not only did I get chills, but like, I, there were there was some moisture in my eyes. Uh, absolutely, just from the trailer, it was so powerful. There's so I, much. I think dust. I texted
2: Ryan and I said after watching that this was the second trailer, I, I got that old school. Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, please God don't take me now feeling it's like just yeah, yeah, let, yeah. keep me on this planet for just one more movie just a little I, bit I more I promise yeah. I'll be done after yeah. this <laughs>
0: Uh, it's like you, you you get to the afterlife and like any regrets i'm like i didn't see wakanda forever <laughs> yeah,
1: right <laughs> like, that's the big
2: one <laughs> hey. <be> back now <laughs>
1: yeah there's a whole people there's a whole table there's a whole like line of people like waiting wanting to go back just to but, see like, black panther 2 yeah. is Complaints, this the
0: wakanda yeah. forever line yeah yeah, get in, yeah, yeah. Get in. uh but ross I, I was just just real briefly like if you could tell listeners um, what are we going to be talking about covering on this second season of Marvel spotlight for those that want to go and get more of this character centric deep dive into Marvel comics.
2: Yeah. Well, you said it yourself. Uh, so yeah. Namor is one of those names uh, we're looking at Adam Warlock at the moment. And uh yeah, so I think it's going pretty well. We're looking at everything Adam Warlock except the Infinity Saga, which don't be turned off by that. There's a lot of great Adam Warlock <laughs> stuff out there. Uh, that just needs its own mm. spotlight. Sure. Uh, that we was, determined six it... episodes in itself. Yeah. It would just be overwhelming. So we're we kind of...
0: We did make that creative decision that it, it needed its own.
1: It needed yeah, its own that, stuff. that totally makes sense. And you could like parse out i mean all you need are the after effects really like the right yeah yeah that's smart i like that
0: so so everybody uh in the (laughs) the episode (laughs) description of this episode you will find a link to marvel by the month and so you can go check out what brian rob and jamie are doing over there um and like seriously like it's such a fun chat like i love when you guys have guests on like you've had brian michael bendis on uh, oh, tom yeah. brevoort um really some some heavy hitters in the world of comics um any other guests uh, matt fraction who is a oh my god uh, yeah in it's my a- opinion a legendary thor writer um Absolutely. so any other like guests you guys um, that you just want
1: to maybe pitch to listeners? <laughs> oh my God, the list goes on and on and on. It is absolutely crazy. We've been so fortunate. Um, I mean, we've had uh, Chelsea Kane on and she's a personal favorite of mine. I She is I, hilarious. <laughs> she's hilarious. Her comics are amazing. Um, I've read, oh, I really want to be able to say I've read all of her books, but I have not read all of her books quite yet. Um, but she did a, like a murder mystery series that is super good and i okay. highly, highly recommend that uh so we've had right um we've had tom brevoort everyone from the comics canon um yes those uh, guys are
0: awesome they are that so a, that was a
1: fun episode um, um yeah uh, fred Hembeck, john hodgman uh alia kalin um joe keating has been on there uh joe keating is a is a is a, a, a favorite
0: yeah, um of, yeah. of a lot of those uh, Portland-based podcasts because he's on Werewolf by Night a lot. Um, so that's I mean, totally, totally, it's a great oh, guest listen. list. And uh, you've had Eisner Award winner Douglas Wolk. and that's uh, right. Eisner Eisner one winner Katie Pride, also both of them former guests of this show. Whoa! Uh, all right. So yeah, I'm. I see. Here's I live in Nebraska. Ross is originally, you know, from from you know around my area. And I want to be a Portland based podcast so bad um, that I'm just like, you know what, if I get all the Portland guests like it's going to feel that
1: way. Yeah, we could give you like an honorary degree. Well, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> you're an honorary I, Portland. I would love that.
0: Um, <laughs> but you, you'll find a, a link listeners in our episode description form over by the month or you can just go find them on any podcast provider at under at Marvel by the month. Um, And uh, yeah, you're, you're going to love those episodes. Um, They, the guys are really good at it. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not just, Three, uh, three lonely guys talking in a basement about comics. It might be a little bit of that.
1: It's um, a little bit of that for sure. <laughs> but like,
0: you guys are great friends, and you have great conversation. Um, and you add a lot of context to these comics, and um, it's just a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, um, but uh, that sort of the differentiator that that Brian uh, found was that we give a uh, history, like all the history that was happening during that month. So we get right. historical context for everything. And that really does kind of tilt your understanding of of what's being presented in a way that's like I I think very compelling. I was a huge fan of the show before they brought me on, so
2: yeah.
0: I mean, it's and you're 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 in the middle of uh, Richard Milhouse Nixon uh, (laughs) a a lot of and uh, and a lot of uh, one of my favorite uh, running jokes right now is Barry not yet Windsor Smith. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah uh, that's one of my favorites but um, Ross, Ross and I also like I said are doing Marvel Spotlight you'll find a link for that in the episode description here it's our sister show so if you're if you're looking for related shows to across the Bifrost it's probably going to be the first thing that comes up so cool. uh, go check out what we're doing there with Warlock and then we've got Namor coming up in, uh, in a little bit around when the movie is going to come out but any but anyway a long introduction aside we are here to talk about comics today on the thor show so when we come back from a very brief break we are going to dig into thor's issues 165 and 166 thor versus him Okay, we are ready to jump into Thor number 165 entitled him just just him. That's that's all. That's all it is. Um, And this uh, issue came out in April of 1969. It was written by Stan Lee, drawn by Jack Kirby, inked by Vince Coletta and lettered by Artie Simic. So this is the first full appearance of the the predecessor to the adam warlock you know persona him right. who uh, ross and i covered in our first uh, episode of marvel spotlight this season we covered his first appearance in fantastic four number 66 and 67 so if you want to check that out go over to marvel spotlight and check out his first appearance this is his second uh would you say full appearance because uh, he's he's shown up in little bits and pieces. Um, but
1: um, so, what, so the, the last time he was around he came out of the cocoon wreaked some havoc and then like flew off into space or something like that like can you refresh exactly. me exactly on...
2: ross yeah, he was only one? around for about six panels uh so <laughs> it had this huge two-issue build-up of this uh genetically superior created uh being uh that's supposed to save all of mankind uh and then when he finally woke up he realized that his creators were evil. And so he destroyed the facility, which he was created in okay, and flew great. off into space.
1: Right, gotcha, um, gotcha. That classic, oh, that classic chestnut. <laughs> oh, I've seen
2: it a million times. For, yeah. <laughs> so, for yeah.
0: So yeah, like uh, uh, him, him or, you know, the, the character that would become Adam Warlock, he hasn't been seen in a little while, but Thor needs powerful beings to fight because Thor is a powerful being, so at the beginning of this uh, issue, we'll, we'll just—I'll tell you kind of the first uh, first little bit of the story, and then we'll we'll, we'll chop it up a little bit. Um, Thor and Sif and Balder and the the armed forces have just repelled a uh, an attack from Pluto, the uh, Greek god, and at the end of that they're celebrating there's you know they're doing a victory kind of march and
1: it's and- very much like the end of star wars right where they're <laughs> like standing on a platform with their arms up and right oh series. my
0: gosh <laughs> and then we learned from one of the soldiers like
1: man you guys have been standing there for a whole hour doing this and like well <laughs> whatever we've got to do <laughs> it's like- it was the seven 1971 people weren't doing a lot of stuff back there or 69 people yeah, were we, we, got, we, got <laughs> um, we
0: so they, they they stay they're part of this victory parade and then thor senses that there's still something in this this lab that they need to go and check out because even pluto was um he was fearful of it you know and what what great mystery could be within uh, the the uh the vaults of the scientific lab that um you know even Pluto was scared to go in. They go in, and the the, the commander of the armed forces like, Well, listen here, Buster. Like, if you go in there, we can't guarantee that you're gonna be safe. And right. Thor is like, you know, something about bravery and courage, and they go in
2: anyway. <laughs> okay, we can um, we stop on that one for a minute as well. Yeah, oh I, please I, do I have a please little do. chuckle because they they're curious about this atomic research center, and they say, Hey, can we go inside that? And the army guy's like, Well. You're not in the army so i guess i can't stop you <laughs> right? right right i can only so, stop people so in the no army men ever <laughs> right, right,
1: my only jurisdiction is army people <laughs> yeah. besides that I, i'm completely I'm a little hey, these are Everybody's these are interesting in fatigues in, you
0: have
2: Yeah, go right, in, take right. some pictures yeah take we got some, we some flyers for you no problem
0: oh my gosh it, but they they go in a few pages and they're talking about you know even balder like he's like mm, man they take such detail in their in their in their craft, but they, yet they cannot figure out peace. And Thor's like Balder, come on, man! Like we, we got stuff to do. Um, and of course <laughs> he's saying it in this uh, you know very Shakespearean you know forsooth you know kind of you know way mm-hmm. of speaking, uh, you know how how Norse how Norse uh, deities speak. How um, they do. But they come to they come to this cocoon, and then Adam bursts out of it, and and Adam says this on page number eight. Uh, And it's all it's all in exclamation marks. Uh, So here we go. He says, I am less than human and far, far more than man. I was created by those who sought to father a new, all powerful race, but they were evil and I destroyed them. Now, uh, Destroyed is a very casual way of saying I i, I dropped an entire building on them. Um, <laughs> I dropped a whole, you know, compound on them. And he says, now only I remain, I who have no name, I who must be known only as him. And, and it a, is
1: an extreme close up, like oh, the, uh, you, the most close
0: right up on his nose. Yeah. Um it's this big you know uh, full page uh, splash of his face and really uh, trying to like give that sense of foreboding. It's a lot of shadowing and, and he's uh, he is our our antagonist. I don't know if he's a villain here, uh, maybe Ross and, and, and Jamie can help me parse that out, but we we're introduced, we're reintroduced to the character of him in these opening pages. Um, so yeah, guys, this uh, the first little bit here, when we're introduced to him, what are what are what are we what are we feeling about this him character?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because oh man, I hate when people start sending, sentences with "it's interesting." But, um, what I find something like what there is to think <laughs> about is when, like later on, they're doing things with Adam Warlock on purpose, like like there's a a more clear direction on what the like what the character will be, and they're not there with it yet so they're like it feels to me like they're trying stuff out a little bit like (laughs) like oh is this a frankenstein's monster allegory well not really like is this a like a nazi's like you know you you see someone being created by someone who wants to make a like superior race and you're like well nowadays that raises some some spider senses as maybe a problem you know like (laughs) It's like we're we're building a superior race, okay? I'm yeah, it's still uncomfortable, right? Right, and it, you know it's not so many years after those world events that like that is like a distant memory, and even now it's like not a distant memory. Like, so right. it's like when you, when you're throwing those words around, you're like, okay, who's who's writing this, and are they doing what are they doing on purpose, and what are they not? I guess is what, okay. I'm, what I'm yeah, not too because the
0: i mean as ross and i've kind of learned going into marvel spotlight and ross educating me on who warlock is and what he's about they get very like when starlin takes over with him it's like okay here's who adam is um
2: yeah.
0: and it's uh ross what do you think about that like you know have have we have we just scratched the surface of this character at this point
2: i mean it's not even beginning to scratch the surface we have <laughs> not even approached about this surface. is that this is going to be the um second time that jack kirby and stanley write this character and it'll also be the last mm. um interesting and yeah it so and then you know jack kirby he's he's playing with you know all these kind of uh god archetypes uh for thor of course and he's kind of got this thing that she created as a sci-fi person over in fantastic four and now he's bringing it over the god thing mm. and it, it kind of works and um, I mean, he's gonna display a whole lot of powers which we haven't seen in Fantastic Four, so that's all new stuff. Um, this habit that Warlock has of just kind of dying and going in a cocoon and popping back out again, that's gonna be recurring all the way up to present day. Yeah. So there that's... is a lot that's, that's it's, it's on track, but right. it's just not developed into what it's going to develop to uh, eventually.
1: It's like you said before, it, like this is the rough draft mm-hmm. and like we're seeing them figure like a few more pieces are clicking into place as to who this person will eventually become
0: yeah Yeah. i i think here like in these two issues we see it played out a little more like adam's you know i'm just gonna say adam because i can't i can't say (laughs) yeah i can't say him the entire time yeah Um, dramatic adam uh the the artist formerly known as him uh is (laughs) uh is really exploring the full breadth of his power in here. Cause like Ross said, we only saw him for six panels in his first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we only saw him, you know, he was in a cocoon or he was just leveling a building on top of some guys. We actually get to see him speak and expand on some things uh, and how he, how he refers to himself, how he refers to other people. We actually get to see a little bit of that fleshed out in the story um, as opposed to the entire issues being buildups to like one moment and then nothing after that. Um, But we quickly like go into a origin recap,
2: which is, you know- Oh wait, I'll back up. There are actually two large inaccuracies in what he's said on this, his first thing. Okay. Um, First of all, he didn't destroy the Beehive guys. Uh, They're going to come back uh, later on and we've recorded an episode on that. And also, yeah, he is not going to ever be known as him after this. So not because, to nitpick, but
0: <laughs> But that is why, you know, for someone who's not as detail oriented, that is why you surround yourself with people who are <laughs> detail oriented, because, because uh, it's like
2: That's the, probably the politest way of saying that right, <laughs> right.
0: But, but honestly, it's, it's like, in my real life like I'm 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 more of a big picture like broad uh you know aspects of, of a situation person. And my wife will be like, you overlooked five things there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> probably not five things that matter though. Um, but uh but no that's like I I appreciate that detail because you're right Ross. We did just record an episode where these guys come back and they come back in a big way. Um in our fourth episode of the uh, S- uh spotlight series. So thank you very much. Um, we are gonna move on to the recap of his origin, and Adam is telling kind of like um what happened after that. He he goes out into space, and you know, he it almost felt Sir- silver surfer-esque.
1: It very where much
0: so he's just like, and then I sought my destiny among the distant stars. It's like okay, so you're you're flying off to to just find out something and exist and it's very kind of vague but then he he gets stuck in this trap and we find out that the trap was laid by you know uh the never to intervene but always (laughs) intervening watcher and the watcher says this and uh, i love how that that that's like it's almost like a meme within watcher stories it's like the watcher's gonna tell you he can't intervene Right, But then watch how he intervenes. <laughs> um, it's, it's like when, like when your kids, you're like, hey, don't touch that thing. And then your kids are like, I would never touch this thing. Like, <laughs> that they, I'm currently talk- touching. Yeah. Um, but uh, the watcher says, I am the watcher sworn to roam the endless galaxies to study and observe. But never may I inter- never, never may I interfere <laughs> in the incomprehensible affairs of others. And yet, Though it was done unwittingly, I have altered the course of another's life unwittingly my foot.
1: Right. Um, yes. Yeah, set a trap and collected the trap. And <laughs> the trap. I, and... I set a trap and it worked. Uh, uh, what, what is cool about that, though, that, that so like at this point, the Watcher um, he comes with a certain gravitas that like nowadays has been diluted, like in, mo- in modern comics. Like a Watcher appearance at this point in Marvel history, like means something and it means something pretty mm. big. Like, I don't know how often we've seen him. Um, I mean, it would take someone who covered uh, Marvel Comics a month at a time to be able to speak more <laughs> accurately about that. Um, hmm. But like, you know- so Check our he, episode description to find a show that <laughs> might fit that, that description. But like, yeah, the Watcher means something big and cosmically significant is happening. Um, and that they're doing that with this Warlock guy who, as you said before, has only been in comics for six panels. And like so far hasn't done anything. He like it sets this guy up in a great way that they then do deliver on ultimately, but not for a long time.
0: Right. He like now, in terms of a, a, a large cosmic event for the watcher to be involved in, would would that be maybe a tractor beaming a giant turd into <laughs> a satellite to then send that satellite to like seriously his Adam's it, cocoon looks so disgusting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, they don't have it
0: in space it looks like you'd find it in a toilet bowl
1: right eventually they refine it to look like a like a ribs right it's like a rack of ribs eventually but this is like still in its like (laughs) which just makes Stainless steel rack of ribs (laughs) yeah
0: oh man but uh but yeah the
1: watcher the
0: watcher plays a a significant role in getting adam back to earth where well not just
2: to earth to him I mean, he sends them to the Americans. It's like where's right. this sort of yeah, cosmic superhero. I don't know what to do with them. I'll just send him to the states, and uh, yeah, you know, he'll he'll be fine. Let's see how that turns out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so that that's kind of like Adams.
0: Uh, we even we get it in the narrating box. The proceeding was just to show you that we know how him got back to Earth, even if our little cast of characters does not know. And now back to the fateful uh, present. So basically, they're saying like. Thor, Sif, and Balder know none of this.
1: Right. So we just need you to know this guy's a big deal. He's yes. a cosmic big deal, and they don't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, then we we get kind of to the the, um, uh, the 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 tension point between Thor and Adam because at this point they haven't really interacted. There's no really there's not a reason for them to fight mm-hmm. until Adam does one thing. He says. <laughs> he has a very short lead up to this comment where he says i am lonely i desire one to be my mate well (laughs) sucks to be you balder oh wait sorry it sucks to be you sif um he just says ah she is pleasant to my eyes thus i do choose her and thor's like whoa whoa buddy you're new here Uh, i don't think you know sif and i are kind of a thing and uh it's just like Sif has a weird comeback here. He's like, ah, he is like an infant. <laughs> he knows not what he saith.
1: Yeah. And they ring that bell a couple times, I think, in this that they, they do, reiterate yeah. that he is acting like a, a child or a baby. Um, and it's like, you know, this rankles modern sensibilities in that, like, the, you know, Sif, who sometimes is a very formidable warrior in her own right, right, in this story is reduced to like the damsel in, dis- in distress uh which is a bit of a bummer um because she's an awesome character she's an awesome character yeah and and like generally deserves more uh but when they do need a damsel in distress they often go to go to the well of her
0: right i, I did find it funny that they were they were trying it's like sif plays the damsel in this but if uh if carnilla the norn queen would have gotten her way balder would have also he would have been the would have been the, he would have been the sir in distress.
2: Right, Um, right, right. uh, It is weird. It's a dichotomy you see with the, especially with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, I found uh, Fantastic Four. You'd get very kind of female positive stories around Sue Storm. But then, yeah, the next issue, she'd just be, yeah, the... They'd be saying, okay, Sue, so don't come along in this one, just stay here and look after the kids and do the cooking. Literally that stuff. And it's just kind of like it's a dissonance. Uh it's the same creators, uh yeah. with completely different takes. And that's kind of what we're seeing here is that yeah, we've just had a few issues of Sif kicking butt um in these other dimensions and you know, with Pluto and stuff. And now she's just gonna be going around in this bubble, wait for someone to rescue her.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if maybe like her calling him a, a child and a baby was a way to soften that like she's not going to attack him because of that mm. so she's not like as helpless as it may seem uh in the art and the rest of the story that yeah. it's just like you know she's she's playing it a little bit cool because he seems like he's not all he, all there I, I thought about that
0: as well because it was like it like yes she's playing out the trope of the the damsel in distress and thor you know that gives thor a reason to go mm-hmm. then try to rescue sif but also fight him and and it triggers his warrior madness which we're going to talk about in a minute yeah um but sif knows that you know uh, to her understanding he is not an all-powerful god-like being he's this child like you know hey you should be my girlfriend come over here (laughs) like you know it's it's like part of her maybe as a character is just like hey like Thor, chill out. I can probably take this guy. Yeah, um, but I don't want to like beat up a kid. Um, <laughs> so it's it's like um, later on in Fantastic Four comics, uh, there I believe, and you guys are instantly going to correct me if I'm wrong, which totally cool. <laughs> um, uh, One Dar is a uh, uh, like a barbarian spaceman that like falls to Earth, and he teams up with Ben Grimm in a few issues of uh, Marvel Two and One. I'm getting. Very uh unknowing stares. So I'm assuming I'm either really right or I'm really wrong. um But I think, but right. I think
1: this, it's ringing bells. It's ringing bells for sure. There's
0: this character that comes along and he's he's like baby talk, childish, mm-hmm. and Ben always is defending him, like, "Oh come on, you know this, you know this, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about." That's mm-hmm. not what Adam's doing though. Adam is like speaking in full sentences. Oh, he is true. very powerful. Like, where is she getting the infantile nature of him from? Yeah right 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 like it's not as obvious as maybe like she's like oh like instantly her first thing she says about him is he's like an infant like a child
1: how he looks like arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) bronze bronze tan included yeah he's like yeah,
0: ah right. yes big baby like um but but this adam kind of like um he he does not wait for a yes or no he just steals sif and he's like wife let's go and then he yeah. creates a uh solar vortex sure Jeez. not in sh- not sure what uh <laughs> what a solar vortex is or what it's supposed to look like uh, but it looks a lot like a tornado yeah, you know uh, what i
1: thought that was i actually that registered as a moment um I, that seemed to me to be a balance to Thor's hammer doing whatever it needs to do. Okay. You know, like his teleporting whirlwind or whatever. Um, so it, you I, know, I, I think that that was, because it could have been just like a teleporting zip or whatever. Thing. But like the fact that it was specifically a tornado, which is like a pretty Thor thing to do, uh, I thought was like a, 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 a specific decision.
0: There is, um, so uh jamie just what you said there reminded me that we're still in the age of comics where it's like hmm what do we need thor to do this issue well he's never done blank before it doesn't matter let's just have it's him fine. do blank right um so it, uh, you know there was uh, at one point the hammer could time travel sure, well, sure modern all the modern time. readers are like what like yeah No, no, the hammer doesn't time travel. You must be mistaken. I'm like, and uh no, you need to go back and read some silver age comics and blow your mind. Yeah,
1: Um, people people complain about power creep nowadays, but back then there was there (laughs) were no there was no ceiling. It was just like literally "Mm, no rules. Yeah.
0: Like, um, you know, this is a completely different company, but like go back and read some golden age Superman and tell me I was just um, thinking about that. Like, I've got
2: super memory, I've got super nail, I've got, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yes, my my powers of super
1: swelling, you know, it's like, yeah. Like Thor's hammer is like equivalent. I I'm a little out of my depth here, but uh, a green lantern's ring, like it just does whatever needs to be done.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's like an, it's like a limitless MacGuffin.
1: Yeah. Right. right? right it's right.
0: like, what do we need? It, it's, it's a, um, um, Dr. Who's sonic screwdriver. It's the, it's the yeah, utility right. tool. Right. Um, what do we need? Okay. The hammer can do that. It's a Swiss army hammer.
1: Right. Um, right which makes it hard to get a good villain in place so like that's why i thought that that tornado was so significant because it's like mirroring like um oh, this guy can do just the same kind of stuff that thor can do with his yeah. gizmo it, it,
2: well, it puts him on a higher footing puts uh, him on a higher footing <laughs> because he's able to innately generate this power where thor needs to get this ability from something outside that's him. Cool. right yeah. and, and there's um
0: there's a little bit of a cutaway that we have here that, that, that comes back into play at the end of our second issue we're going to talk about. So just real briefly, uh, Odin and the Royal astrologer, which, you know, that sounds like a cushy position. Um, <laughs> you know, what do I do? I sit up here and I look at the stars for my King and occasionally Man. he stops by and <laughs> yells at me. Um, so, uh, he's, he's supposed to be searching the galaxies, uh, for Galactus or the origin of the, 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 galaxy of origins good grief (laughs) Origin, the the galaxy of galactus's origin i made it through the wilderness you did it congratulations um so (laughs) thank you um and then uh, i love how the the astrologer has this awesome response that so many people have with odin He says, sire thy word is solemn law and then they go back to um they go back to our uh conflict with uh thor and him Thor has followed him through the portal, and um, him has still got Sif, and it, like he's carrying her in a weird way, like it just like by the waist. But like, but like the way that like if you're playing like with your kids or you're like wrestling with your kids, they're just like, <laughs> uh-huh. let me go. Gosh, Gosh. Um, it's it's really funny. Like I don't well, know. I,
2: okay, and I will say as well that I mean you can blame Stan Lee for this, but this happens uh, a lot if you look out for it. Um, he had a habit of uh putting dialogue into people who are clearly unconscious <laughs> uh, uh-huh nice <laughs> yeah right oh right, my right. gosh that is so I mean, great do you not think oh, we don't well, see her face no nope. i mean on page okay, 17 look, you can see her face exactly like, and she her eyes are closed yeah i think there. she's clearly unconscious
0: yep um that's a good pickup man like i again detail oriented i gotta have them <laughs> um we, the Thor and 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 Warlock still they, they fight, and then something happens that, um, that our heroes did not intend. Um, we have a appearance by Hag who is working on behalf of Carnola, the Norn Queen. Now, quick little Thor history lesson, uh, his a history lesson nice. for you all. Uh, yeah, I, my. One a long time ago, one of my favorite comedians, Mike Kaplan, came on the show and he gave that little nugget to me. And I, uh-huh. like, I, I cannot get it out of my head. <laughs> That's so great. Quick, quick history lesson. Um, Carnilla the Norn Queen is a consistent antagonist, um, to Odin and Thor and Sif. Um, and she has really got the hots for
1: Balder. Um, she, which is fascinating, <laughs> it is so interesting to me. They have such a weird relationship like it it, is the most complicated and I don't mean um like messy it it is the most like emotionally and uh character complex dynamic in any of the comics during this period is is my that's my hmm. TED talk yeah I think I think it is a fascinating fascinating thing
0: It, it feels more like so a lot of this feels like a simple sword and sorcery like Kind of like um just narrative playing its way out, but then mm-hmm. Jamie just reminded me that like for me, Carnilla and Balder sometimes plays out more like Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's like I must have you, I must have you, I can't have you, I must kill you. Like, okay, that escalated predictably quick. Um, you know, for a silver age comic, but um, yeah, they like Carnilla is obsessed with Baldur,
1: yeah. She's and she's, and gotta she's have like him. Um yeah.
0: and Baldur is Balder is noble like really if you if you were doing like a straightforward like you need a like a, a, a white meat protagonist balder mm-hmm. is your guy because th- like he's just you know he's gonna do good for the sake of doing good and right. he you know he's kind of a boy scout uh, um sometimes in the in these early stories this hag is sent to abduct balder so that Carnilla can have him for you know whatever she's up to um you <laughs> yeah. know uh, let's just whatever say super wholesome activities and they're they're not just going to sit around and have cups of tea and a good conversation <laughs> um so uh yeah she's trying to steal steal balder and thor Im- immediately turns his attention to the hag trying to capture balder through this like temporal like portal through time and then, uh, thor says this and i, I thor goes freaking buck wild in these uh comments on page 19 he says back i say thee back to the stygian slime from whence thou came the hag says back it is useless thunder god the enchantment of the norns is in my hand not even your hammer can set him free thor replies abandon me uh, balder says abandon me i pray tis sif who needs thy strength then thor just frig- cuts loose Says, Avert thy gaze, brave, brave Balder, for I shall now unleash such power. Not man nor God can bear its burst throughout the universe entire. Let the fury of thunder, let the carnage of the storm now issue forth. And Jack uh, must have let, you know, his pencil must have been on fire. <laughs> These panels are fantastic. Yeah. And I love them so much. um hey.
2: Can I just kind of interject like, Absolutely. A, a, an overreaction, perhaps?
0: Uh, well, yeah, yes, uh, of <laughs> course. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, that's, that, you know, that is Thor's thing, <laughs> you know? We gotta get him to the, but Ross, we
2: gotta get him to the warrior madness. Well, it, okay, it's Okay, but like... look, he, okay, so he's, so the same thing has happened to him twice. So someone's come and carried Sif away, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh man, this really makes me mad. And then someone comes and tries to carry Baller away. He's like, everything must die on the planet, to this planet if I have to. It's like, <laughs> we got a difference in scale of these two reactions, I think.
0: Right, I think I think it's secretly it's uh, it's coding that Thor is actually in love with Balder, and Sif is like he's he's like oh no Sif oh gotta be mad oh, oh no oh, Sif, oh no don't take Sif oh that's the worst but then they yeah. take Balder and he's like what the fuck
1: <laughs> yeah I mean like Thor is uh, like it's similar issue to like Doctor Strange really where it, they're so overpowered and they're so invulnerable that like, how do you build an interesting conflict? Or it's like the Superman problem. Like how do you build a conflict with a guy who can do anything and be anywhere and, and is everything? And like some of the best ways to do that is like as Marvel has learned uh, is like do personality faults, right? So like, I think sometimes they they like flirt with the idea that like Thor's temper is the problem. And I think this is like this, what comes after this is the ultimate expression of that, which is like the warrior madness thing. Like, right. Um, so
0: Jamie just alluded to the end goal of this and, and Ross is right. This is kind but, of a like, yeah, here's thing. Out of left field. <laughs> the whole thing, the, the whole crux of every Thor story is, is he worthy or not? Right. In this moment, Thor loses his shit a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it there's consequences in the next issue and for the issues you know following after that but um thor really kind of betrays his one thing that he's supposed to be like good at for the you know for the sake of having the power of the hammer um and he becomes unworthy in this moment but yet you know he still is, you know we got to finish the fight we'll worry about right. being unworthy at the end right, right um but yeah he loses his cool And uh, they're chasing after, you know, chasing after him. And uh, Thor ends the issue by saying, mark mark ye well, the words of Thor. Once she be safe, vengeance be mine. Thunder, lightning, everything. Vengeance, such as none who live have ever known. That's the last panel. Next,
1: a god berserk and that's like not none of that is hero language right
2: <laughs> that is like dr well, doom not until language. we get to punisher it wouldn't be <laughs> right
1: right Right. right. It's, it's the uh, it's
2: hero the, uh, in quotes
0: something we talk about we, we talked about with ross on a recent uh episode of marvel spotlight it's uh the myth of redemptive violence mm-hmm. um if i can if i can just commit violence against this person it will redeem the whole thing right right um and that's where the ma- the madness uh, as they say many times you know in these comes ah the madness be upon thee um yeah. we we see thor in really his most powerful passionate rage state but it's also giving him a lot cl- un- it's getting him an unclear lens of what's really happening here mm. because he took it he took his eye off sif And now Sif is gone. He tried to, you know, he kept Balder from being kidnapped, but now they have to go after Adam again and still rescue Sif. And him being mad about it didn't solve any of that. Him being rage-filled didn't solve any of it. I will say though, this dialogue was really fun to read in my head because I'm just imagining (laughs) Stan Lee like on a table,
1: you know, just being like,
0: and then you'll never guess what happens.
1: Yeah, right, right. Uh, t- uh, just a side, total, total side. side Absolutely. Note. Um, Uh, hag or Haig, or I don't know. The double A thing always throws me like her name is spelled H A A G. Ha Ag. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it should have like an umlaut over the second. Yes, hand. please. Um, she is sort of a, it seems like she's a bit of a shape shifting thing. Like her hand elongates uh, and becomes like almost wooden. It seems like. Like Groot,
0: um, like a Groot hand.
1: Yeah. It, it's a rare. Uh, occurrence when a female character can be monstrous like be actually monstrous it's rare to this day actually um and back then it was even more rare like you almost never see it and like the the crone figure is is the the most often you would see it but they've taken this to the next level with her like metamorphosis and um all her stuff and like that that sh- this monstrous female is the one that like tilts Thor over into his warrior madness is maybe a thing maybe not I'm not smart enough really to to, to parse that out but I feel like there's something in there that is like fun to think about
0: what, so what I'm hearing you say Jamie and like <clears throat> clarify if I'm ever wrong here is uh if Hag had walked up to Thor in an Asgardian bar he'd be like aha I say thee nay, no ugly chicks. <laughs> He's <laughs> right, right. like, I'm, I'm, I'm not about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is a is. very interesting villain though. Like, cause right. Carnilla is this beautiful, like mm-hmm. kind of like a, a template of like the beautiful Jack Kirby female figure. Absolutely. And then you have Haig who's like, she is what she is. I'm uh-huh. sure she's got a great personality. Um, and she, yeah, she takes on this monstrous form. I hadn't really, I hadn't really picked up on that. So uh, yeah, man, that's, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: You really, you really don't, it's like a very rare thing. Then a monstrous uh, female yeah, type character, uh, like a non-sexy monstrous, you know, like you can't, you can't really make the case for it.
0: Now what I have to know there is who are the sexy monstrouses? Of the mm. Marvel Universe is that no, like a but- calendar you guys are gonna come out with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe. Well, maybe we've
2: got carnella right?
0: I mean, <laughs> so the for next year, you guys can do sexy monstrouses by the
1: month. Right, uh, the right, calendar yeah. totally uh, non problematic. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, it's, I'm that'll sure be, we'll be that'll right be for that all line. the
0: um oh, for all the people that have you know commented at Marvel by the month like oh it's, oh, it's too woke, it's too blah oh, you know, blah. Yes, blah. yes they'd probably a- love that calendar. Yes. um but uh anything else <laughs> about thor number 165 before we jump into the second part
2: of uh, ross has has uh lifted aloft his hand yeah no it's it's basically an end note uh because i think uh, ryan you uh, mentioned earlier about protagonists and antagonists. yes and i can just throw some uh story theory at you and please say do that yeah uh, protagonist these days is usually meant as the hero and antagonist is the bad guy uh that is in the classical sense of uh greek drama uh, tragedy that's almost completely the opposite way around the protagonist is the person who does the the initial action oh so right. pro as in first instead of not okay. pre before but first hmm. and then antagonist uh not meaning anti but sort of ante the we now say like e a n t e ante bellum something like that yeah. uh, is the kind of reflexive one so in this Whoa. issue him is the protagonist because he's creating the exciting action of oh. uh, carrying off sif uh, Thor is the antagonist. And then we've got another protagonist coming halfway through, which is Carnella and hag. Um, also, um, just piling on top of that.
0: So, okay, so the, the like the modern understanding how I how I used it, um, kind of flipping the inverse, the, uh, the, you were saying there's the class, the classical literary technique of mm-hmm. that
2: i um, mean that's i mean it's all convention and we're just getting into language theory now at this point but you can look at like a movie like die hard uh hans gruber is the protagonist because he's the one who's creating all of the situations that the antagonist john McClane has to react to and overcome
0: i mean hey you flip that you flip that story um you know john McClane. you know it's it's quite antagonistic <laughs> right. yeah, yeah um, exactly
2: well yeah well... His, holly Gennaro thinks he is so Right, right, right. Uh,
0: I mean, on on that yippie ki yay moment, um, <laughs> I feel like we should take one more break and we'll come back for the last part of our conversation, Thor number 166. Okay, we're going to jump into issue 166 of Thor, the second part of our Thor versus Adam Warlock epic. This issue is entitled A God Berserk, which was the last thing we saw in the issue 165, the month prior to this, this came out in May of 1969. And it was written by Stan Lee, drawn by Jack Kirby, inked by Vince Coletta and lettered by Sam Rosen. So, we jump right back into where we left Thor, where we left Balder. Uh, Adam has absconded with Sif, uh, un- unwillingly absconded with Sif, and he goes full metal. Yes. Um, so I just want listeners, like on our other show, Marvel Spotlight, I've said many times how Ross reads comics faster than I do. Ross, I read these comics in like a half hour both of them together it was like i was like man i got so much more time in my day now. like i can go do other stuff uh, I have so much room for activities um and i but i love this dialogue between balder and thor because thor kind of takes over any he monologues here but this is where this is the current mental state of thor as he's trying to figure out this problem but uh, he says in all the universe there be no place he can hide if a galaxy protect him then the galaxy shall crumble thor shall topple the planets lay waste to the cosmos balder interrupts and says son of odin i bid thee hold thy seething rage bids fair to make thee mad thor responds (laughs) he shoves balder out of the way and he says speak not to thor of madness speak only of revenge 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 such as none who live have ever known if balder call me mad so be it of what use be sanity when not but power will prevail and in all the world save for regal odin there be no power to equal mine so he's doing great yeah
1: (laughs) yeah really a picture (laughs) of mental health
2: (laughs)
0: hashtag winning <laughs> Hashtag winning. <laughs> this is this is when we need like this is why way back when we needed mental health days.
1: Yeah, because like, yeah. Thor the breath, was having a bad dude. day at the office. Yeah, this is like I mean, I the 160 something issues of Thor. Like, I we, you really have never seen him so wound up before. Is this
0: is this? Um, I mean, Odin says this at, later on, but I was wondering if either of you knew is this the first instance of Thor descending into the warrior madness the berserker rage
2: i was gonna ask the guy who runs the thor podcast i'll go get him (laughs) i i do believe this
0: is the first time that he like goes full on like uh you know brimstone you know fire and brimstone right people heads are gonna roll you know i'm gonna pile up course corpses by the thousands kind of guy you know like a viking would um
2: (laughs) I was going to say, right. this is actually historically accurate, and uh, even <laughs> the the word berserk comes from the berserkers, and that's a Norse word. It means uh, bear shirt. So it would be mercenaries who are wearing these big bear shirts for whatever reason, probably because there is some power kind of uh, there are legends about people being possessed by bears and controlling bears and that kind of thing so you put on these intimidating bear shirts and then you work yourself up into a berserker frenzy um, just before you go into battle and this is like your first rush of crazy guys with axes just running into you know help uh, pell-mell into your and then you kind of follow up with spears and horses and stuff uh after that but Um, the first line of aggression was these like exactly
1: meth stimulated (laughs) they're
0: they're they're mad they're mad men with axes what could go right right (laughs) (laughs) i mean thor he like as we've said several times already like he descends into this frenzy And he starts like shattering mountains and fire is coming. It feels like a very dramatic, like, like power ballad music video right now where Mm -hmm. like there's flames shooting up from everywhere and rocks are crumbling. And um, he says here at the end, before we have a little bit of a cutaway, he says, and there he shall be mine to seize and strike and slay. So then we're, we, we cut away (laughs) from this, You know this uh this chaotic frenzy that Thor is in, and we see what Carnilla is up to because the Hag has failed in her mission to steal Balder, and we get this full page, uh, pretty much you know full page of Carnilla, and she is like beautiful goth queen here, yeah. and and Jack you know drew her beautifully, and then there is Jamie's Hag is right there, yeah, um, and she there's this kind of you will ever be known
2: as jamie's, jamie's uh, hag
0: <laughs> this is actually the second appearance of jamie's hag i didn't i wasn't
1: sure you knew that ross the marvel card is going to be great the trading card. <laughs> you're gonna get so many royalties from that
0: um you know uh, when she gets her movie the mc right, right right you know uh, the, the norn hag coming to disney plus soon um but in this page the hag basically says like hey i know i failed you um but um, le, let me give it another shot. Uh, still trust thou to the wisdom of the seeress hag, thy prize shall yet be thine. And uh, yeah, she's gonna make there's a uh,
1: I, I love that page. I mean, it is, it's a beautiful piece of artwork. Um, there's a thing, it's like one of the few film techniques that I shout out whenever I see it. Uh, it's called the split diopter, and it's hmm. when uh, someone in the you see it a lot more in older movies and um who does it nowadays, like Sam Raimi does it a bit, uh, Quentin Tarantino does it sometimes. Uh, when there's a character who's like further, much significantly further in the background and a person in the foreground, and they are both in equal focus. Hmm. Um, and they're usually on opposite sides of the screen because of the the technique you would, use, like you'd have to paste the film over each other or something like that. Okay. Um, this looks like that drawn. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, like the way that she's all the way, Hag is all the way on the right and uh, Carnilla is on the left. She, Carnilla's further back, but is equally sharp and crisp as Hag in the front. Yeah. Um, it's just like one of those cool Jack Kirby trying stuff out, you know? Like,
2: well, and from a craft point of view, it's hard to create a single image with two points of focus. And that's kind of what we've got here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your part. eye is drawn to two points
1: simultaneously, right? So you, yeah. you like freak out, like your eyes kind of freak out a little bit trying to pick a, a a place to rest
2: but it's also got a flow you stop at the top left and you start at the top left and you kind of carry on down to the bottom right which is at least in the west kind of how we're trained to kind of assimilate information um but yeah that's one of those things where it's like it it, you wouldn't know how hard it is to do that unless you've had to to attempt it you know yeah
1: yeah so you've got you know the story is so so bananas and it's so big and it's so operatic and yet like there's all this like quiet little craft happening in the background and Mm -hmm. you know you can if you read a comic in four minutes like you totally miss it i'm guilty of that a lot <laughs> uh, there, you know what
0: i i can't believe my my simple read on this was carnell is drawn really good <laughs> i mean and you're wrong on. <laughs> um, you're
1: 100 right
0: and and you know they're talking about you know film techniques and points <laughs> of view and then everybody i'm just sitting here being like man, the hag's fingers are like
1: really long. <laughs> they are indeed
0: very long. Like, I did
1: notice that too. Like, <laughs> like Harry,
0: I think. Yeah. Harry and Yes. Yeah. I mean, man, she's she may not win The Bachelor. And that's okay. <laughs> That's totally okay. Um, she's got her mean, magic she wants to her. win
2: the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, there, right. Is there can
0: actually win the Bachelor? She wants to. If she were to compete in the Bachelor, she's like, "Don't worry, Carnilla, I got this. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win Balder for you." Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah she's
1: always optimistic. I'll say that about, about Hagg. And the way she's <laughs>
0: gonna do it is uh, with a little bit of Asgardian voodoo. Um, she creates this uh, uh, this doll and uh, a graven image um, because it's got to be you know creepy and scary. Um, mm-hmm. She says she's going to perform witchery
1: complete, and that Balder will be will be uh, Carnillas. So is that? Do you know? Is there any? Um, God, I don't know another word for it other than voodoo. But that doesn't seem like the like the the making of a model and magicking it to control the outcome of the real thing, like. I Hmm. mean, voodoo has nothing to do with Norse, and like they're calling it a graven image, like a Christian. Like, are they mixing and matching um, religious stuff here? I would imagine that it's like, okay,
0: she's a witch, she's performing witchcraft, she needs Balder to do stuff. Okay, maybe, maybe like they were both uh,
2: Jewish, and that's one of the
1: the golem, the golem,
2: yeah, yeah, and the golem, and yeah, but the graven image that's not New Testament; it's Old Testament, I believe. but I mean this is also something that happened a lot in Fantastic 4 with the puppet master he had his um, magic
1: clay magic his radioactive
2: clay. clay yeah yeah oh, what's oh, your magic radioactive clay that was well <laughs> it was it everything's got to be rotations. it was pretty vague in the beginning again but then it got codified a little bit but um yeah so yeah those are interesting themes though you're right and i, I don't think voodoo is inappropriate cuz it is it's a voodoo doll basically that, right? isn't it? is that yeah okay yeah. What whatever whatever this graven image is,
0: and because we are with uh, uh, narrative archaeologists now, uh, Ross and Jamie, we're gonna. Uh, that's the secret podcast that you didn't know about. Um, but we, uh, you know, join our Patreon, you'll hear the full discussion. There we go, <laughs> cheap little plug. Um, but this image is how she's gonna get Balder for Carnilla, and um, we'll 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 revisit this in a little bit. Meanwhile, we jump into the big action fight piece of this two-part epic where thor is finally going to fight adam and uh, they throw down uh they actually exchange uh what i am calling their uh their professional wrestling promos Mm uh (laughs) where they, they, they 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 come in contact and they're fighting and they're not using like their magical powers they're just trying to like beat the crap out of each other um and adam says you are startled by my strength. You did not think that any could match your own Asgardian power, but I am more than man, more than Thunder God. I am him. And he continues his his barrage of banter and says, I only wished to live in peace with the, compa- with the companion I had chosen. But if I must battle, then only I can win. And of course, Thor takes this super well and says, <laughs> tis not thy strength that hath felled thee. But the but the thought of Sif with such as one as the so I love how the thing that offends Thor is not that Adam may beat him in a fight, right? That Adam may end up with his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I you know a thought. This is a thought I can endure no longer. Now say I to thee, wretch, expect no mercy. Mm. And uh, again, Thor's having a great day
1: upstairs just, yep. in his brain bucket right yes um, very very healthy masculinity being you know, <laughs> right, just they're here. just you're
0: like adam's like i want girl and Thor's yeah. like well you can't have her so i've got to kill you <laughs> yeah. and uh they continue to they just continue to bash each other and fight for like 10 pages of this comic it's it's one of those like issues where the fight takes up so much of the story it kind of felt to me like a thor hercules or thor hulk fight where mm. really the bulk of the issue is the fight itself and they're kind of bantering within the fight um any other like observations from this these 10 pages of just straight fight scene
1: um i so I, as someone who has to read a lot of old comics with a lot of big long fight scenes in them yes <laughs> like how to read them in a way that is interesting is something I've spent some time on. And so these two are at least that like they're overpowered, right? Like Thor can do anything. It's so far, mm-hmm. it seems like Adam can do anything. Um, but in order to stage this fight in a way that isn't like them throwing planets at each other or whatever, it's like, they, they've had to flip it the other way and make it like a very physical, uh physical yeah. confrontation between them. So this is like a body fight. Like you said before, like, they're basically just wrestling.
0: Yeah, right, um, right. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Thor's got his his full wrestling attire on. Uh, Adam's got his you know his speedo trunks on. Really, all we need is a ring and a bell here. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, this like is there, a-
1: there's no weapons except for like some boulders being used. Um, it, it's really a terrestrial terrestrial physical confrontation. Um, and for people who could do literally anything it's like that that was like a very specific choice that was made
0: it it kind of feels like it's like okay if we were to strip these two beings down to like these their bare fists uh i believe at one point thor even says like ah i o- i need only my my naked arms um feels like a interesting choice of description <laughs> um but he's like i just need my arms and uh, and i can uh, he says oh gosh where is it um no, I can't, I can't find it, of course, now. Um, they fight to the point where we, we cut away real quickly, actually, to Odin again, and they're still looking for you know the galaxy from which gala oh gosh,
1: <laughs> <The> galaxy <laughs> from
0: which Galactus <laughs> originated. Uh, there we go. Um, and the royal astrologer still sounds like a cushy position.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: he is like hey i was looking at the stars odin and you'll never guess who i saw and <laughs> uh they they find thor and odin notices something different they're talking about a change that has happened with thor and odin says in the battle fair him who hath fallen must be granted leave to to make surrender, only the affliction of warrior madness may alter such decision. Warrior madness, most forbidden malady of all, and mm. any who be guilty of warrior madness must pay the penalty. Yea, even if he be son of all father Odin. So we know that the warrior madness that Thor has, you know, as it's fallen upon him, there's going to be a penalty for it after this fight is done. Um, so also a beautiful full page of of Odin in his oh headdress and his his Skeletor gloves um yeah
1: I, uh, I don't know enough about art to explain why it is so awesome but it is like breathtakingly cool
2: <laughs> it's because Kirby drew it that's yeah I uh, guess it's
1: just what it comes down to <laughs> yeah
0: now, Ross is that a technical term you're using there <laughs> Kirby yes yeah, yeah it comes up it's, a lot I love how like in in like largely Fantastic Four and Thor comics out of the time it's like why is this comic awesome who penciled it <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. That's
0: why. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. But uh, but you're right, Jamie. There is something about like this profile of him that's I mean so regal, it's so big, and you know, it feels very Odin. Um yeah, there's like I-
2: Kirby's letting himself go in a way he doesn't in a lot of other places and i think it's because he just had such a passion for myth he just went in a different way like this is a different feel to his cosmic stuff like you're getting right. a lot of different shapes that he doesn't usually throw in there hmm. and uh, even some texturing especially like you mentioned the glove like yeah it's, it's like it's almost kind of made with you know interlocking S- kind of bones bones or, uh, yeah it looks and like stuff a skeleton. Like that. yeah that's unusual you know you, you think of kirby with his cosmic stuff you think of celestials and you kind of the, the bands and the circles and stuff and there's something else going on here uh, which is a lot of fun I, um, I do
0: I do love that at this era of Kirby doing Thor, we got a, a quite a few of these like full, like either facial or full body profiles of Odin. And they're like, it feels like every time they would show up in these, you know, the comics of the 150s, the 160s, the 170s, they get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's just like, uh, like Ross was saying, it's just like Jack is playing around here, but he's playing around in a way that it's just like, Yeah. That's breathtaking. Like that's not just a normal drawing of a guy in a helmet
2: yeah also i mean you 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 i think it's true as well like you you just said it um i didn't notice it until you did but like this is the largest image that we have in the comic you know we've got splash pages already before but we've they're filling the entire page this is odin he's the the all-father he doesn't even fit on an entire page you know you'd need a whole comic book to kind of see all of him right so he's dominating the entire issue just by sitting there and thinking uh he's the largest um and he's got that gravity to him
1: yeah and and like i i think you you pay the price for that art with some of the panels like from that fight scene like not that they're bad but just you know you have some instances where the background the the background is just matte blue or you know like there's no sky to speak of it's just a color right you know so like you know they're all, they're on a deadline they're these people are constantly on a deadline so like it all can't be that beautiful splash page. You know, you have to sacrifice in order to get it a little bit.
0: Yeah. And from that, from that um, page with Odin, we go right back to um, Thor and Adam's fight. And Adam just like, kind of like bows out. <laughs> he, 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 he kind of like goes unconscious. He like folds forward. And then he starts like putting himself in a cocoon, like somehow he's like a self-spinning cocoon.
1: Yeah, um, and I got the sense that it happened really quickly too. Yeah, because Thor almost doesn't know what to do.
0: He, right, he, he says, "What? No, thy <laughs> battle hath been lost. Thou seekest shelter in thy swiftly forming cocoon. Nay, Thor, wilt not be cheated. Not, Ian, not even Ian by the power of the thunder god can tear thy sheath apart." And uh, then he's totally encased in his, uh, in his brown cocoon. Um, I just a poor choice of color. Um, Like (laughs) make it white, make it silver. No. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't used enough Brown in this issue.
2: (laughs) I will say like, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to track because there looks like something has happened between well, in the in the time that we cut away to Asgard. the interlude
1: yeah the interlude yeah.
2: so we've got this powerful blow and then we've got this cocoon going adam's not saying anything and knowing kind of how adam warlock functions in the future like he only goes into the cocoon when he dies from we could read this and say that thor actually killed adam warlock at this thor point. murdered him yeah in Let's a rage
1: you rage murdered him yeah <laughs> yes
2: you know what it's uncharacteristic for this time i don't think that's what the intent was necessarily but i think we can read that as this yeah
0: Yeah. because adam doesn't say anything the rest of the issue like his last dialogue is on page 12 and the last time we see him is on page 16 as the cocoon floats back into space right right maybe 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 thor murdered adam warlock uh, just so that Jim Starlin could bring him back and uh, and do something you know worthwhile with him, um, but uh, yeah, Adam is out and the cocoon floats out to space, and uh, Thor uh, says, you know, now shielded from all harm, he floats out beyond the stars, there to drift for an hour or an age, till the cocoon doth open once again, and you know our conflict is done, our fight is done, but. We still have this little issue of warrior madness to deal with um, because it is the, um, as, uh, as Odin says, it is the penalty. Uh, it is the penalty that is most uh, it is most forbidden um, mm. in, in Asgard. Uh,
1: I love so- that. I think that is the best because you've got this race of, of gods or whatever. And, and what that says really is that the worst thing that any of these people can do is lose control. Hmm. Um, And that is like, that ties into your, your what man, what monster, uh, the thing, fantastic four stuff. It, 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 I think it plays interestingly with like, uh, Jack Russell and Werewolf by night. And like, uh, even later on Wolverine, you know, like this, it's this theme that you come back to in comics, like a ton of times is like the separation between like man and nature and their like inherent rages and stuff like that. Like what, how, how much do we fight that? and these are the most evolved people we've seen and they've said like that the worst thing you can do is is give in to those animal instincts hmm.
0: yeah it's it's uh because they're, they're, they're very clear like sif and balder even say to thor like in, in layman's terms they're like "This ain't good and like we're gonna, you're yeah. gonna have to like you're you're gonna have to account for this and they go back to asgard Cause Thor's like, whatever I got to face, I'm going to face, um, you know, because he's Thor. He's, you know, mm-hmm. like I did a bad thing, you know, wh- whatever timeout my dad puts me in, I'm going <laughs> right. to sit there for the whole 10 minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, which all of us as dads, it's like, if we put like, if we were like, hey, <laughs> you go to your room and think about what you did for like 10 minutes, it'd be like five minutes, like, can we get done with this? <laughs> um, and uh, Thor is he's a noble son, he's the noble son of the Father. And uh, we cut to Odin, who is marching towards a finished project, um, that they've been working on. Because again, keep in mind, underneath this whole story of Adam versus Thor we've been getting these little hints that odin is looking for where galactus is from and he wants the answer to that question uh so we see this uh the the last panel on page 18 and then all of 19 says uh, never hath there been such a vessel sire it shall reach beyond the universe beyond the end of time mine eyes behold and find it good but where in all the realms can one be found to guide guide young craft on a journey without end? Odin replies, kind of a predictable answer, but <laughs> the question pains me and mine answer giveth me greater pain. I have decided such a one and he be... Thor, my son. This is Thor's way of sacrificing and paying for falling into the warrior madness. Mm. So Thor has got to go, you know, he's got to go off into the universe and find the origins of Galactus. So that is where our story ends. Um, and uh, we, we, are, we are told that next issue, 167, we will get the sacrifice. So uh, guys, we've reached the end of our Adam versus Thor epic and uh, I, final thoughts on this uh, this two part story.
1: Whew. I mean, it's like Adam doesn't get a lot to do yet, really. Still, again, right? Still not
0: Adam. Like that's the thing. Like he's yeah. not Adam yet. Ross, would yeah. you
2: concur there? Um, I mean, oh, totally. Yeah, uh, he's got to go through a couple more iterations before he's kind of how he will stick more right. or less.
1: Yeah, he's um, not. He's not miserable enough yet. I mean, they're close. He's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> lonely is good but he's not miserable and i need him miserable yeah. he hasn't suicide. got the soul
2: gem yet he hasn't got a kind of cosmic well, he's burden. got a little bit of cosmic power going through him yeah he's but, got that
1: he's uh, got the power but not the like the burden of it you know like yeah he's not what,
2: tortured by it yet he's right not. there's
1: no torture yeah exactly and that's where he lives at least in my opinion. it's
0: um i mean I, I will say this i sometimes these silver age comics are a little bit of a slog for me like to get through because yeah, I, it's that was very charitable. That was a charitable way to say that. It's so <laughs> dialogue heavy but it just it it, it it so happens that the dialogue is actually like the hyperbole of it the over the topness of it i was even earlier uh today when we were lining up this call i was talking to ross in like stan lee hyperbole <laughs> uh, which i just i love um and uh i will I'll, I'll just do it in some normal conversations with people and they'll be like is he off his meds um it's like ha ha i have not taken thine meds um, but i love the over the topness of this i love the grand scope of this the epicness of it yeah i think that's really what for me as a thor fan drew me to the character in the first place it's the grandness of him it's the the epicness of the scope of his stories and um there's so much big language with it and big personalities and characters and i thought these two issues are really the pacing was really good the flow was really simple Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um we didn't really we didn't really uh Detract from the main conflict that much. The cutaways to Carnilla made sense with Balder. Yeah. The cutaways with um, Odin set up this next, you know, this next part of the story, which is something I wanted to. Before we jump out of here and we hop on the Rainbow Bridge and we we go back to our respective realms, <laughs> um, nice. I want to. Uh, there's this is theme that I, I see in older comics. And Jamie, you've read a lot of Silver Age with Marvel by the Month. Ross, you've read a you know a bunch of Silver Age as well with you know doing Fantastic Four, uh, the the Fantastic Four one by one. Um, there is this feeling when I when I read these stories where there's kind of like a rolling story, hmm. where like um, it like this story, the Adam story was brought to the front burner. But then like on the back burner, we have this Galactus story that like it's cooking, like it's kind of, it's heating up. Mm-hmm. And then we, it, it's like, we exchange pans. Like we, if you're, you're look, visualizing a stove, we take the atom pan off the stove for a while. And then we bring the Galactus pan to the front and we mm-hmm. kind of turn up the heat on that. But there's constantly something on the front burner, back burner, front burner, back burner. So this rolling story happens. I really, really enjoy that. Um, because it feels like even the cutaways have stakes, and they have a point, because it's going to lead to something. i mm-hmm. not really sure what, but it will lead to something. And we also know like the hag, Jamie's hag is going to come back. At some <laughs> so <point>. funny. <laughs> and She's gonna, she's gonna wreak havoc, not just for Carnola, but for
1: Jamie.
2: Uh, Uh, yeah this is a perfect point for your wife to walk into the i
1: I know i I keep thinking about what's this about a
2: hag (laughs) (laughs) wreaking havoc
0: (laughs) but um i don't know that's just something i noticed as i was reading this i was like oh i actually like i want to read 167 now because i've been you know i've invested in this backstory now Mm. um but um i just if you guys had any thoughts on that or if not oh for sure yeah it's funny you
1: said it's funny you say pans I think of it as doors so like you think of Marvel nowadays and I, I picture their offices and like the first thing you picture it, it they're huge right like it's yeah. just like huge uh Kubrick Kubrickian hallway of just desks <laughs> everywhere you know like um like the TVA kind of thing um yes but like back then it was it was just some people and they you know it was small it wasn't it had 10-ish years of history it so there's, there's just some people there and they know week after week or month after month, they have to put out another issue. And so you say pans, I think of it as doors. So you can't close too many doors, otherwise you have no place to go. Right. So you have to, like for every door that you're like slowly shutting, you have to have one ready a uh, path that you can walk through for the next issue and the one after that and the one after that. Um, it's something I am not as aware of with modern comics as I am back then. And I don't i i I haven't like articulated what the difference is like it seems i'm going to say heavy-handed but i don't mean it in a bad way like in this you have what is it an a b and c story right you've got adam and thor you have Carnilla, and then you have um odin so those are three things and like the b and the c aren't They have nothing to do with what's going on, really. I mean, they tied it together a little bit. Yeah. Well, inconsequentially. Um, So the other two, the B's and C's are your next things. Like they're on deck. That's what's going to happen next. On deck. That's a great way of putting that. I, oh, man. Uh, Yeah, that's a sports thing too. Tell
0: Brian. The only way to talk to me. Um, (laughs) I I feel silly going with a cooking metaphor.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be sore tomorrow from a sports analogy. Make sure you tell Brian. I want credit for that. Jamie made a sports analogy and then like like, everything just like blew up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah. So like, you see how the sausage is getting made like narratively with, with what's coming next in a way that like, like you said, I like it. I think it's cool.
2: Um, I'm going to take a, I'm going to have a more cynical take on it. Yeah. Um, Cause I think you're, you're right. There are creative um, reasons for doing that. Uh, Again. Yeah. I, I, I am referring back a lot to the Fantastic Four because I know that the best, but also because that's another Stanley, Jack Kirby kind of thing. And that is less of what you're saying, Ryan, with like a hmm. lot in play and things can kind of come in or go out uh, yeah. for, for any reason. Uh, and I think that's more because at, at this time, at least with Marvel, is that uh, Fan- Jack uh, Stanley and Kirby knew what Fantastic Four was and it was kind of more its hmm. own thing. And so they would... It was a little bit more intentional with, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do a Doctor Doom story, then we're going to do, you know, um, whoever have you next, um, we'll do an In- Inhumans next, and then we're going to do Galactus uh, epic. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, C plots or D plots like we're getting with Thor, and I yeah. think that's because Thor just still didn't know what it was at the time, and even from the very first issues with, you know, this Don Blake character you know, tapping a stick and stuff, we're not getting any of that now. So no, you know it's, huh. it's kind of rewriting itself as it's going along. And I remember the the um podcast I did with you. I can't remember what the bad guy was, um, but it was the introduction introduction of Hercules. Again, right. another C plot coming to be an A plot very right. it quickly. was the demon. It was the, the demon. demon, right. And I teased him, I, him. Oh Ross. Did even come I'm back ever? <laughs> does, the demon, does the demon ever come back because yeah for for like three issues we saw, or four or five issues we saw yeah this this character being kind of like in all these cameos like it's coming it's coming it's coming and yeah. then it came and it was just over so quickly and then hercules was there and so my little bit more cynical take is actually that it may be more of a marketing consideration and we've got stanley who is a great writer but he's also a, a supreme a marketer, marketer. um and we've got marvel being called the house of ideas and i think this was a part of the appeal is that they were just kind of thrown so much at the readers and you look Mm -hmm. across you know to what dc was doing at this time was again it was very kind of stayed it was very self-contained from issue to issue you know Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff very episodic um and then you've just got this you know weird soap opera thing with all these different kind of different elements and i think they were just you know for some titles, they knew what they wanted it to be. For some titles, they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what was sticking hmm. and then going with that. And right. that's not a, again, that's not a criticism. That's not a bad way to, to run your uh, ship. I don't know. You said deck earlier. I, you didn't think <laughs> that was a sports metaphor? I took that to be like a, a nautical term. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well um, thank
0: god we weren't asked episode. to talk about baseball <laughs> yeah no, uh, crisis averted someone 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 out there someday will tune into this be like this was the weirdest conversation about baseball i've ever heard <laughs> um but yeah i i think i think that yeah like there is this idea that sometimes comics are an anthology where it, not non-anthology in the uh traditional sense we understand like an- anthology comics but like everything is a standalone like mm-hmm. it's almost like like twilight zone twilight zone is a lot like an anthology of like okay this story has nothing to do with the next story like it, it is it can you can watch it outside of the con i could watch episode five of a season of twilight zone and not have to watch episodes one through four before sure. and i feel like yeah ross mentioned that how like dc at the time they're doing a lot like hey superman number whatever yeah you don't need to read the one before it
1: it's less serialized yeah. It's,
0: it is what it is. Whereas like, this is highly episodic because we want you to read the next one. We want, we want to hook you to read the next one. And, and yeah, it's part creative writing. It's also part like, hey, we got your 15 cents this month. How do we get your 15 cents next month? Hmm. Um, and I mean, that, at the end of the day, I think sometimes when like, we like us who are fans and we like, we fall in love with the craft of it and the stories and the characters, it's like, oh, right. Marvel Comics is also a business. Um, so at this point, it's like, Stan's not a great writer. but did you buy the next
1: issue? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Are like, we talking about it 50 years later? <laughs> yes,
0: right. right. It's like, did this go on to do hundreds of issues? Yes, right. it did. Um, so to a certain extent, it worked. <laughs> like this idea that we just we want you to buy the next one and like we, and I, I feel like sometimes in like modern comics, And correct me if I'm wrong here, but like modern comics are what I started to read. Mm. So like, I was like, okay, to understand the story, I need to buy five issues at at a time. And when I go back and look at these old ones, I'm like, man, that was a good standalone issue.
1: Right. I,
0: I sometimes miss standalone or two part stories. I noticed a lot in reading these old Thor books from the 60s. A lot of them feel like part A, part B of one story and then it's like okay then part a part b of another story and it's they leave you on this cliffhanger of you know um part a is going to be you know resolved in part b but then at the end of part b you're going to get a little bit of a a clue about what's coming next and what that two-part is going to be like yeah i kind of miss that and i kind of like that sometimes um, because when it's like, hey, here's part one of the next six months of this story, and you're gonna get resolution at the end of the six of the six months, it's like, okay that'll be so, fun. see, so Ryan,
2: what you're talking about there is it's the same process just kind of manifesting differently and the yeah. six issue kind of story thing came along i think in the early 2000s uh with um marvel you know famously almost went bankrupt uh bill James came on and he started to kind of sort out a lot of what the industry had been at the time and tried to you know in a different way he found out that graphic novels were starting to be more and more a thing people were kind of holding off on reading comics and wanting to read them in graphic novel format and he kind of got onto the six issue Um, arc storyline arc yeah exactly being kind of a sweet spot of just Hmm. in terms of a publishing cycle is that you get two graphic novels per year out of that and then you can kind of you know work the market that way so again it's like so that's a a marketing decision which is what we're looking at here but Hmm. you know in, in a different kind of I guess marketing context so you know again 50 years later on 40 years later on at that point um But, you know, still informing on the creative decisions of the writer and the artist and the consumer and all that.
0: Man, I mean, hey, listeners, you got you got two guests today, (laughs) two issues. We have gone too long talking about too many topics. (laughs) Everything you got. I feel like this episode should just be like uh, it should be like a giant king size, you know, Galactus
1: size double issue gold foil he gets um, we, the gold foil of the hologram
0: <laughs> we got so much packed there's you know there's trading cards on the inside there's a scratch and sniff like you know somewhere in there um but we uh i've had such a great time uh with uh with jamie and ross um as we go out here um jamie uh if you would just give us a little bit of a reminder about marvel by the month and then ross uh will will pitch it to you for for marvel spotlight as we head out and we go back to our back to our realms of origin.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so again, I'm from uh, Marvel by the Month. It's a weekly podcast where each episode uh, examines one month in the publishing history of Marvel Comics. Um, it's a lot of fun. We have a ton of guest stars, and it's uh, goofy. It's goofy when it needs to be goofy, and you know we like to talk about the issues where we can. Um, you can find us uh, every everywhere you get your podcasts, um, but uh, definitely marvelbythemonth.com. Uh, they're on Instagram and Twitter and all that, all that stuff. Do a search. We, we pop up for sure.
0: Jamie, if listeners want to find you, if they want to cut Ooh. through the chaff of, of other guest stars and other <laughs> hosts, and they want to get to the Jamie Wenger of it all, uh,
1: where can they find you? Yeah, that's a good question. I uh, I pulled back from the old social medias a little bit uh, back from the world's uh, made that weird turn a couple, couple years ago or back, back a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think come on Jamie James Wang. I think uh, at Twitter. Yeah. Okay, that, that is sounds, that is fun to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I think that sounds so, about right to me. So yeah, yeah, drop me a line. I'm not not terribly popular on there, but yeah, always always happy to meet friends.
0: Well, everybody, go follow uh, Jamie James Wang on Twitter and make uh, Jamie more popular. Um, <laughs> and Ross. Give listeners a little bit of, uh, again, a reminder about what we're covering on Marvel Spotlight and then where people can find you on the internet.
2: Yeah, at this moment, you can find us weekly on Marvel Spotlight, uh, Ryan and myself talking about Warlock, and then we're going to be talking about Namor, uh, and then after that, we'll take a break and then probably do a season three um, of some sort, although I'm still wanting you and your friend to do Silver Surfer, so I can listen to that one. Um, to do so much work. Um, and i i mean and you know me i want to i want
0: to talk about black knight at some point Oh um you know all of his bevy of comics that are so great um but uh yeah no we got we got a lot i'll tell you what everybody ross and i have had many conversations about what we would like to talk about and it is not a small list um it's it's like more like what what shouldn't we talk about um so yeah, everybody, you can uh, go check out Marvel by the Month. Go check out Marvel Spotlight. We have links to both of those in the episode description, and we would love for you to go check those out. Go follow Jamie on Twitter. Follow Ross on um, on Instagram, and check out what they're what they're up to, what they're doing. You can follow this show at Mighty Thor Podcast on Instagram, and you can uh, just check out what we're doing over there. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up. We are going to be doing a lot of like guest star interviews. I've been working on for a long time and I'm really excited to announce. I, I, I really, really hope this isn't premature, but I'm, I'm going to announce <laughs> today. What the heck? We'll just throw it at the wall. Uh, next week, our guest on our Jason Aaron retrospective is one of my favorite Thor creators who probably flies under the radar. You may not even know his name, but his name is Joe Sabino.
2: And Joe Whoa. Sabino
0: is, he's been lettering Thor longer than I have been reading Thor comics. <laughs> he, um, he lettered all the way back in the J. Michael Straczynski run of Thor, and he is lettering Thor to this day. So he's going to join us and talk about the latest part of our Jason Aaron retrospective. We are one, I, one episode of our retrospective away from War of the Realms. We've been Whoa. talking about War of the Realms for so long, everybody. And we're almost there. And our wow, guest- that
1: exciting. Good for you. That's awesome. Well,
0: <laughs> Jamie, I appreciate your excitement because it's adding to my own personal excitement for this. We have a phenomenal guest for our war of the realms episode. It uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is now. Shh, we'll keep it a secret <laughs> for now, but um, uh, we have got a, 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 a banger guest <laughs> for Whoa. the war of the realms episode. So we got a lot of stuff happening on the show. Go check out these other shows that these gentlemen are from and uh, everybody we're going to encourage you, as you go about your day, as you go about uh, what what you're doing, uh, wherever you are in the nine realms. We encourage you to do one thing, and that is to stay worthy. Nice.